are listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5GUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 420. That's right, it's 420. <laughs> Light them up if you got them. <laughs> uh, this is the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet, and we are glad that you are here. This is our short topics episode, and it's a Monday night, so or it would be if you're listening to this when it first comes out. So a happy Monday, then I guess. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, just a happy whatever day it is that you're listening after to a, a, of a July Fourth weekend. So yeah, that's would- right. That's Hopefully right. you're recovering fine from the uh, burning your hands off from the fireworks, so you're probably not supposed to light in your house. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're mellowing out with a nice joint, then you're probably calm and and just happy. So uh, with that, we should probably just dive right into our short topics, and we normally start off with a lead topic if we have one, and this time we have one. We got sort of a press release from... You should say who's here first, though. Come on. I know oh, I messed it right. up because I talked too yeah, much that's at the right. beginning. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I've just been like, wow, we're actually like late, but early late. So I don't want to like waste time with introducing who we are. It like, I'm not even sure why we do. It's in the intro. I mean, yeah, Caroline did get, all the work for us, but get all the voices though. So, well, that's true. Okay. So let's do that. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD. And of course, Cheryl sounds so robotic over there with all those printers running in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when I will. Uh, uh, if you listen to the last episode, you heard the printer there too. So sorry about oh, the okay. printer noise. <laughs> I will just say that next time I will make sure that I wait till after the show to start the 3D print, <laughs> and uh, then we won't have to worry about robotic printing noises in the background. But this time we'll just have to deal with it. And uh, again, as I was about to say, or did say. We have a lead topic tonight, and that topic is a press release from Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Yes, I think that's right. Um, he has a weird call sign. I, I can Victor remember. Victor Papa it, Golf. Yeah. Victor Papa Golf. <laughs> sugar, bacon, sugar. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill, we'll just go ahead and let you do this one since it's about Utes, Utes on the absolutely, Air. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a Youth on the Air Camp 2021 to be on the air and streaming selected events online. And this comes straight from the uh, horse's mouth there in Westchester, Ohio. Uh, the long-awaited Youth on the Air Camp in the Americas is almost here. Campers will be operating special event station Whiskey 8 Yankee from both the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting in Westchester Township, North Cincinnati, for those of you who are not familiar with the geography of Ohio, uh, as well as the Camp Hotel. Activation of the Whiskey 8 Yankee call sign will begin the evening of Sunday, July 11th, and conclude at 1 p.m. on Friday, July 16th. Youth will operate the station as they finish projects between sessions and during free time. In addition... Dedicated HF station operation times will be Monday, July 12th from 0100 Zulu to 0330 Zulu. Tuesday, July 13th from 0 Zulu to 03300 Zulu or 0330 Zulu. (laughs) And uh, 1800 Zulu to 2130 Zulu. 
Dedicated satellite uh, station operation times will be Thursday, July 15th from 1400 Zulu to 1700 Zulu and Friday, July 16th from 1500 Zulu to 1700 Zulu. The opening closing ceremonies and the International Space Station contact, the Eris contact, will be streamed live on Youth on the Air YouTube channel. The opening ceremony is Sunday, July 11th from 2100 Zulu to 2230 Zulu and will feature keynote speaker Tim Duffy, K3LR, of course, from DX Engineering. Um, the closing ceremony is Friday, July 16th from 1700 Zulu to 1800 Zulu. The channel will also feature a daily highlight video spotlighting the activities of the previous previous day. The Eris contact is currently scheduled to take place either to Thursday, July 15th at 1416 Zulu or Wednesday, July 14th at 1503 Zulu. The, for details about the camp, download the brochure and from the webpage at youthontheair.org. And of course, that came from the press release. So there you go. All the, all the activities will be uh, streamed online so you can, uh, kind of pretend you're there so you can kind of see what's going on. And this is the very first camp that, uh, that we're having over here in region two. So this is pretty awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. So everybody should get out there and participate and uh, be a part of this and engage with those youths as they get on the air and become full fledged members of the amateur radio community. So very good. All right. Well, since we had a lead topic, we're going to start with segment two Let's continue with some amateur radio topics. And the first one is the FCC seeks comments in proceeding invo- in proceeding involving. I hate that word proceeding. I hate the way they, they use it. it it's, they use it wrong. So, so legal. So legal. Yes. <laughs> involving 70 and five centimeters, uh, centimeters, not tours. <laughs> Cry out loud. Why don't I have a joint? I need one. <laughs> the FCC is soliciting a second round of comments on whether to authorize commercial space entities to obtain licenses for frequencies used exclusively during space launch activities. The proposals include parts of the 70 centimeter and 5 centimeter bands. The federal government has allocated this spectrum on a primary basis and routinely uses it during space launches, but commercial space companies must obtain short-term special temporary authority authorizations from authority authorizations okay (laughs) from the fcc to use it for the same purpose the last decade has seen a dramatic increase in commercial space launches jeez i I want yeah space starlink those crazy people over at starlink uh in march the federal aviation administration streamlined its commercial the fa i forgot to do the to read the (laughs) we probably can't do fcc (laughs) streamlined its commercial space launch and uh, uh yeah uh, did i even read that uh let's see uh in april the fcc adopted some of the proposals from 2013 and solicited additional comment and a further notice on further notice capitalized oh, geez, this is ridiculous that's a that's a term for uh, a document type from the government so yeah no i i know i mean it's just it's ridiculous all legally i know <laughs> on the above proposals in ET docket number 13-115, blah, 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 quote, allocation of spectrum for non-federal space launch operations. The proposal would allow private commercial space companies to obtain regular FCC licenses instead of launch-specific STAs in a number of bands, including 70 centimeters and 5 centimeters. The federal government, including the U.S. Department of Defense, is the primary user of both bands. 
Amateur operations are allocated on a secondary basis. The FCC again, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, again, seeks comment on whether it should give commercial space launch entities access to the same limited space launch uses already employed by the federal government on this spectrum. The commission included that given the limited current use of these bands during space launches by commercial space entities, we are not convinced that there is need for new allocations for either band. Comments are due on or before July 12, 2021. Reply comments are due on or before August 9, 2021. And this, of course, came from the ARRL with specific information about the further notice from the <laughs> FCC. <laughs> the yeah. The yeah, Fukuka. I, the Fukuka. <laughs> my, my, little, my little side project, which is a uh, text-to-speech podcast of uh, all the federal documents that come out of the Federal Register. Oh, I bet that's a treat to listen to. Oh, oh my God. I mean... <laughs> Just this week alone um, was like almost 500 documents. And I mean, you're talking about everything. Um, it's the, the podcast is called the FR Daily or the Federal Register Daily. So uh, if you really want to be numbed by how much uninteresting stuff comes out of the government on a daily basis. Yeah, go ahead and subscribe to that. <laughs> <laughs> there actually are subscribers to it, which is crazy because I'm like, I just did it as a joke for fun. Um, and I've listened to a few of them because it's kind of interesting hearing all the documents. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously this was one of them. And <laughs> it's crazy, absolutely crazy how much stuff comes in and out of the government. And you'd be surprised at what you would hear if you actually listen to it. <laughs> I, I don't think I would be surprised, actually. I think uh, I would just go nuts after about the first six minutes. So. Yeah, a ton of <laughs> FAA stuff, too, like especially like, uh, you know, you know, vehicle issues, flying vehicles issues and uh, airspace changes and all this other fun stuff that, uh, yeah, never would make to the mainstream. You, you see that uh, first air car got like has like 40 hours of flight time over in uh, Slovenia or someplace. No, really, I haven't seen that. No, I, I was following it for a while. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently they've got 40 hours of flight time now, and it's uh, the plane to car conversion, they say, takes uh, three minutes. That's not too bad. No. And it has a top speed currently of 118 miles an hour, and they're looking to bump it up to almost 200 before the end of the year. Well, those drivers in Iowa would figure out how to drive it like 30 miles an hour just to piss people off, I think. So. I'm pretty sure there's not going to be enough lift at that point. But yeah. Well, that's probably good. They can stay grounded. That's true. They can drive to their neighbor's cornfields. All right. Let's see if we can bring Cheryl on, and hopefully the, the printer is not too obnoxious, and uh, have her do this next one. So our next story is ARRL plans rededication of operations. ARRL board members from across the U.S. will join elected officials in reopening the world headquarters at 225 Main Street in Newington. The ARRL has over 158,000 members, all of whom are essentially amateur radio operators and hobbyists. There are over 2,000 members in Connecticut alone. The rededication movement is a way for ARRL to move forward from the pandemic and celebrate its growing membership. It's also the beginning of a new hurricane season. Quote, in the last 10 or 15 years, there's been a lot of important instances of trained amateur radio operators rising up to the challenge in their communities when they're called in for emergency situations, end quote. Product Development Manager Bob Enderbidzen point, pointed out, members of the ARRL's Amateur Radio Emergency Service train all year long for these situations, keeping hospitals, police, and dispatch centers connected when other communication systems become damaged or disabled. 
ARRL currently employs nearly 100 people at its Newington headquarters. The organization also has a long-standing partnership with NASA on the International Space Station. And this information came from the Bristol Press. Yeah, it's Bristol, Connecticut Press. Not far from Newington, I'm betting. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, apparently the ARRL, the R-Roll, is going to be back in business there in Newington. So, for, for whatever good that is. But uh, they've been they've been doing well enough, I suppose, you know, online via Zoom, as as we all have. So anyway, moving on from that, we have another story, and this one is one we were going to talk about two weeks ago, but didn't, and now we are. So, uh, Bill, take it away. Sure. Meet the world's first wooden satellite. The tiny satellite is called Wisa. <laughs> we saw wood uh, it should be like uh it sounds like Wizza? it should be like jar jar binks or something we saw wood we saw wood we saw, saw wood <laughs> anyway sorry about that people uh it'll test how plywood panels endure and behave in extreme conditions of space a finnish satellite company arctic astronautics uh, designed the satellite Following a successful test flight on June 12th, it's now slated to lift off from Mahaya Peninsula Launch Complex in New Zealand by Rocket Lab in November 2021. After launch, it will enter a polar orbit around Earth. If TimberTech performs well, it could introduce an inexpensive alternative to satellite to the satellite market. But uh, testing wood in space is not the satellite's only task. We saw what's that? Um, <laughs> we'll... Uh, We'll also test some uh, 3D printed electrically conductive plastic material used in its design. That's probably what Russ is printing right now. He's such a such a <laughs> fan of the project. I'm, I'm printing a. I'm printing out. We saw what's that right now. We saw what's that. The European Space Agency, who also had a hand in the development, said that this demonstration could pave the way for use of different materials in space. For example, this plastic material proved successful. Oh, sorry. For example, should this plastic material prove successful, future satellite projects may be able to power and cable or data cable. Oh, God, jeez. Should be able to make power and data cable. Maybe you should just do the whole thing as Jar Jar. I know I should. I don't think I could, actually. No, Printer in space. Yeah, nine small solar cells power the wooden satellite with enough power to run the amateur radio payload. Thus, amateur radio operations will be able to use, or operators will be able to use, the satellite to transfer radio signals, including images, around the world. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and this came from Earth Sky. Because, and of course, yes, we did, that's never been yeah. done before. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, did, have, we, we did have this in our, our, our slot, like, uh, like we said before. <laughs> But apparently I dropped it and didn't have it. I didn't know it was actually an amateur radio payload on it, but I guess on the test one, they didn't run a payload um, with anything except for just probably sensors to see if the plywood body would uh, would hold up. And I guess they did have a successful run, so that's good. And uh, so we'll have a plywood, uh, you know, some CQCQ running in the polar orbits. Yep. So amateur radio is going to have wood. Let's yeah, space see. termites. I like <laughs> space, that, Don. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. I mean, uh, there's all, I, I'm curious to see. They said, they said the first one, you know, withstood space for, you know, not that long. I guess it's only been a couple of weeks, but, uh, be interesting to see how it holds out in the long term. All right. Well, that means we're moving on to open source topics and, uh, it's my turn and I've given myself a long one. Yay. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first topic we have is Linux Foundation introduces open voice network. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. No, we got to drop the jar jar right now because uh, <laughs> not even going there. <laughs> the Linux Foundation, the nonprofit organization enabling mass innovation through open source, today announced the Open Voice Network, an open source association dedicated to advancing open standards that support the adoption of AI-enabled voice assistance systems. Founding members include Target, Schwarzgruppe, Wegmans Food Markets, Microsoft, Veritone, and Deutsche Telekom. Organizations are beginning to develop, design, and manage their own voice assistant systems that are independent of today's general-purpose voice platforms. This transition is being driven by the desire to manage the entirety of the user experience, from the sound of the voice, the sonic branding, and the content, to integrating voice assistants into multiple business processes and brand environments from the call center to the branch office and the store. Perhaps most importantly, Organizations know they must protect the consumer and the proprietary data that flows through voice. The Open Voice Network will support this evolution by delivering standards and usage guidelines for voice assistant systems that are trustworthy, inclusive, and open. Voice is expected to be a primary digital interface going forward and will result in a hybrid ecosystem of general-purpose platforms and independent voice assistants that demand interoperability between conversational agents of different platforms and voice assistants. Open Voice Network is dedicated to supporting this transformation with industry guidance and the voice-specific protection of user privacy and data security. And that was a lot of words, and I didn't understand any of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, I understood enough of it, but I, w- I was so focused on reading it properly that I didn't actually parse any of the content. So um, apparently we're going to have new standards for voice security, privacy, and content management. That That's what I get from that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seeing as, I mean, we, we know the, the historic, uh, <laughs> use of, uh, Amazon voice assistant and stuff like that. And knowing that it's like, you know, recording all the time, even though they say it's not really recording all the time, but like court subpoenas and stuff like that have shown that it's recording all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, this is, this is interesting and scary at the same time. I suggest you, uh, if you have a voice assistant in your house, and that means if you have a cell phone at all in your house, um, you might want to go ahead and read on this and, uh, Educate yourself a little bit about uh, the use of the data that is actually being recorded all the time from your devices that can answer to, hey, Google, or Alexa, or hey, Siri, or hi, Siri, or whatever it is, stupid Siri. (laughs) (laughs) All those devices uh, are recording or open all the time. Um, even if they say they're not, because, you know, we, there's court, court cases already that shows that, uh, that footage uh, or that, uh, the recordings have been uh, subpoenaed and used in court cases. Um, so controlling privacy and everything else is important. Um, if it's important to you, I guess, you know, whatever. And now I, uh, have to apologize to everyone for having Bill trigger all their voice devices. Yeah, um, sorry, sorry. Alexa, <laughs> buy 5,000 pounds of dog food. Confirm. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> Enjoy your pallet of dog food. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, what does, does, do you know what the thing is that prevents that from happening? Like when it's on commercials and stuff, is it a subaudible tone? Or yes, they, they do a subaudible tone. Yeah. Yeah. And it basically tells it not to answer to it. So yeah. Right. That's what Sorry. I, we don't have that capability here because it's not disclosed to us because we're not an advertised solution here. Sorry. Oh, well. So <laughs> sorry. Hey, hey, hey Siri, Siri, what's the square root of two? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. What? You're not going to answer me? 
Hey Siri, what's the square root of two? I found this on the web. <laughs> oh well, that's <laughs> useless. Why don't you just give me the answer? I don't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> So anyway, we're going to let uh, Cheryl take a break from reading stories uh, over the printer. (laughs) (laughs) For now. (laughs) I'll just go ahead and dive into the next one here. The next one is Linux kernel 5.13 is out. Headline features in this release include the MISC group controller, multiple sources for trusted keys, kernel stack randomization on every system call, support for Clang control flow integrity enforcement, the ability to call kernel functions directly from BOOF programs, BFF, <laughs> minor fault handling for user fault FD, the removal of slash dev slash KMEM, the landlock security module, and of course, thousands of cleanups and fixes, of course. From Linus himself, quote, so we had quite the calm week since RC7, and I see no reason to delay 5.13. The short log for the week is tiny, with just 88 non-merge commits, and a few of those are just reverts. It's a fairly random mix of fixes, and being so small, I'd just suggest people scan the appended short log for what happened. Of course, if the last week was small and calm, 5.13 overall is actually fairly large. In fact, it's one of the bigger 5.x releases with over 16,000 commits from over 2,000 developers. But it's a big all-over kind of thing, not something particular that stands out as particularly unusual. Some of the extra size might just be because 5.12 had the extra RC week. And with 5.13 out the door, that obviously means that the merge window for 5.14 will be starting tomorrow. Tomorrow, based on whenever this was. I already have a few pull requests for it pending, but as usual, I'd ask people to give the final 5.13 at least a quick test before moving on to the exciting new pending stuff, unquote. And this came from LWN. Do you pay for LWN? No, I get the emails. Oh, okay. I'm on the email list. So, <laughs> Well, there you go. New Linux kernel. And uh, if you're running Debian, you'll get that in three months. If you're running Arch, you already have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had it yesterday, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you had all the RC builds and everything. Right. And your system is broken. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We have another That's open so source. <laughs> Another open source project to talk about. This is one you're actually utilizing right now if you're listening to this because in the live chat, the people who are listening to this live are hearing it because of Mix. And Mix has a new release. Go for it, Bill. Yeah, this is Mix 2.3.0 is released. We are proud to announce the release of Mix 2.3.0. If you want to give it a spin, you can download it now on Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. This release brings a lot of new features and bug fixes, such as prepare your DJ, set using hot cue colors and labels, mark intro, outro sections in your tracks, add track colors for easier library navigation, our new multi-threaded analysis, and more accurate key detection will improve the preparation process further. Mix 2.3.0 also comes with a new default skin. It's called Late Night, underwent a massive redesign and replaces Deer as a default skin. So check out the screenshots page. If, you, if you're if you a record, a box, or Serato user, switching to Mix has become a lot easier. You can now play tracks directly from USB drives that contain record box and Serato libraries. Uh, we also added support for recording, streaming, and the Opus and HEAAC uh, codecs, or <laughs> 
Codex <laughs> introduced uh, uh, introduced deck cloning and polished the library and preferences, including the controller workflow. 2.3.0 also adds out-of-the-box support for Pioneer DDJ-200 and DDJ-400, uh, the Native Instruments Tractor Control S3, the Hercules DJ Control Impulse 200, and Jog Vision, the, D, the Roland DJ-505, the Behringer B-Control BCR-2000, and DDM-4000, the Ion Discover DJ Pro, and the Newmark IDJ Live 2. A few existing controller mappings have received fixes and new features, too, which, of course, we do not use on this podcast, right? <laughs> That's correct. We just use the uh, streaming part and the music. Yes. Uh, and for the full list of changes, have a look at the change log and the 2.3.0 milestone on Launchpad. So, yeah, if you want this build on your uh, your Ubuntu installation, I suggest you subscribe to the Launchpad PPA, and you can have the latest, greatest sexiness that comes from uh, Mix. So, uh, and of course, that was direct from Mix. And Mix is a really cool application. It does a whole mess of stuff, and it's uh, very full-featured, very hard to get into because it has so many tweaks, buttons, knobs, and things to play with. But once you sort of get a handle on it, it's uh, super, super powerful. And uh, if you're doing any kind of audio-type stuff, not, not recording and editing, but if you're doing you know, DJ-type things or uh, audio streaming or uh, integration with music libraries and anything like that, you should definitely take a look at it. It's uh, it's great open-source software, very powerful, and uh, one of the better audio applications out there. And uh, I talked about that for a second because we're going to let Bill talk about the next topic in our Linux in the Hamshack segment because this is one that is sort of specific to him. So go for it. Yeah, my voice is all relaxed. So here we go. Yeah, this is uh, how about an open source study guide? And of course, that is the uh, topic of a blog post by our uh, good friend Dan, KB6NU, of the famous No Nonsense Amateur Radio License Study Guides. He uh, posted earlier today on his blog that he's thinking about moving his guides to open source. He uh, states that he spent a lot of years developing these, but uh, he thinks that for them to grow and continue to flourish, it might be a good idea to consider using open source. So he asked um, asked me if I had any opinions on it, and I, I spoke to him through email this morning, and we kind of talked about some tooling that you know might be usable for his aspect of doing his guides as a as a shared resource. Sorry, I'm looking at my watch. <laughs> and well, do you have uh, and a software suggested- release or something that. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, no, our, our, you haven't fixed the calendar. So now it's telling me that it's time to record the podcast. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I suggested him, you know, you can use Wikimedia or whatever to, uh, to kind of do an audit flow of the document, or you could use GitHub and uh, use a markdown document where you can actually view it while you're in GitHub. And then you can control, you know, pull requests and forks and stuff like that. And then we also talked a little bit about licensing. Uh, you know, I suggested, you know, might want to look at the Creative Commons, you know, using the attribution and uh, share alike license. But uh, obviously, it's going to take them some more, uh, some more studying and information and searching. So that's why he did the blog post, because he wants to know. Uh, you know, what do you think? And, and if you have any opinions on uh, him possibly open sourcing his guides uh, for uh, for them to kind of live on forever, uh, get in touch with him. So check out his blog. And uh, I was uh, I left here with a question here. What do you think would be the best for Dan's management of his guides in a collaborative manner like an open source project? And I pose that to you, Russ. And what do you think? 
best for his guides collaborative manner like an open source project see i'm I'm actually on the hunt right now for a new open source collaborative editor because mm-hmm. the one we're using i have to maintain a really really old version of debian right now uh <laughs> just to run it because anything newer bombs out because all the libraries didn't get updated and it hasn't been a project since like 2017 or something so honestly, I don't have an answer to that because I need to find an open source collaborative editor myself. So I guess I need to go look for one. And if I find one, then we'll switch all of our show notes and stuff to it. And then we'll tell Dan what he should use. Now in the chat room, somebody said MD book. What is MD book? That's a markdown book. So it's a, it's a command line tool and uh rust to create books using markdown um, files. It's very similar to Git book written by written in rust. Blah, okay. blah, 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 blah. It, uh, yeah, it looks pretty uh, slick and uh, it looks like you can publish it via GitHub IO. So it actually show up as a web page as well. That's pretty slick. Um, yeah, that might be a good option. So yeah, go over and tell Dan because I'm not sure if he's listening tonight because he hasn't uh, popped his head in the door, as we like to say. And um, yeah, tell him all about MD Book. I did mention Markdown to him that if he's going to use GitHub, he's going to probably want to use Markdown, which is not very hard to use. And uh, obviously, you can convert quite easily over to uh, EPUB or or uh, to PDF or whatever you need for your output format. And I said, you know, you should probably think about, you know, your releases are your final format files. But like while your document's living in that PR and, uh, you know, um, you know, modification stage, it's always in MD, you know, markdown format. So. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, if you have opinions on that, go over and uh, catch Dan's blog at KB6NU, and uh, you'll find him quite easily and give him some suggestions. And he's looking for help maybe to help him kind of get that started. Yep. The only other person I know is uh, Seth, who goes by Klaatu. We talked to him on the show, I think, way back in the day. Uh, He's published a few books and published a few guides and things like that. And he uses a suite of tools that's like a publishing suite that is – something that's built onto Emacs. And I don't know if that's something that, yeah, I know, I know if that's something you want to address or even do, but it's, uh, I don't have that. I don't have that operating system. So (laughs) I'll have to find those uh, floppies somewhere so I can install (laughs) Emacs OS. Well, Emacs OS is just, is an OS. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this is like, whatever. (laughs) Do they they have a droplet for that or is there, uh, is there, you know, there's there's probably a Docker, uh, yeah. Docker file image that I could, I could support that. (laughs) I imagine there's gotta be one out there somewhere, an app, an app suite or, uh, not app suite. Maybe it runs on clear Linux container or something like that. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my God. No. (laughs) Come on. Send in the hate mail at info.lhspodcast.info. We want to hear from you. Just because I mentioned Emacs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I made I made like seven people happy. Don says overleaf.com. Overleaf.com. I'm going to have to look that up real that. quick because I, because these are probably great suggestions, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> Again, get these. Oh, this is latex. Evolved latex. So, yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah. Yeah. Get over and, uh, Stop mentioning him to us. Go talk to uh, go talk to Dan and see if you can help him out. He definitely is looking for um, some people to uh, to get him over that uh, that hump of uh, learning a little bit more about open sourcing and documents and uh, you know keeping them still commercial for publication and probably protecting them a little bit from uh, republication without attribution. So I think that's why I suggested the the buy SA license. Um, he could do a non derivative, but I'm not sure that's 
terribly effective uh, for his specific use case, um, commercial-wise, because if he's still going to commercialize it, a buy essay sounds a bit better. But yeah, yeah, if he's looking yeah, for collaboration, whatever. he might want people to be able to update for content changes and stuff like that too, where where he doesn't have to do everything himself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, check out his uh, blog post. It just was out. Uh, well, when we record this podcast, it was out today, so uh, four days ago for you Monday people. And uh, the second thing we have here, of course, is that LHS Bot is now connected to Libera Chat. That's right. We have uh, Torch, the old freenode.net, and. Uh, um, I'm not even connected to it anymore <laughs> and neither is my bot. So, um, so that's connected now. So if you uh, join LHS podcast, uh, or Octothorpe LHS podcast on Libera chat, it is now connected directly to our discord general channel, uh, via LHS bot. And, uh, so that should, uh, operate, uh, without any issues. Um, well, I mean, without any more than we've always had. I guess you're going to start working on getting, uh, the bot, the other bot over there and, uh, uh, we'll de free note ourselves as everybody else has. <laughs> well, I, I don't have any bots that are connected to free notes. So, well, you have the one, right? The one that we get weather from. And oh, like that. oh, that's right. That, um, yeah. Ganorman. What is that one? Ganorman that, yeah, does the, yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't know this, <laughs> there's a, uh, Ganorman actually knows how to play cards against humanity. Dot C A H is a command that you can use. Yeah, we've played it before. Yeah, but I don't know that I've talked about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can even like you know set up your own card, right? You can set up your own black card and have have it uh, randomly answer and things like that. So yeah, Yeah, I need to get that back in live, right? Yeah, I'll I'll work on moving stuff over to Library, including myself, because I have not done that yet because I have a million other things going on. But I will do it. So anyway, that I have any other mixed Linux in the Hamshack topics except for. You know, six meter stations running great. No problems here. Still running Ubuntu uh, 2104 on it. I was thinking about putting pop on there, but yeah, yeah, I haven't haven't changed it yet. <laughs> yeah, and six meters has been going gangbusters, especially uh, midday. You know, before gray line hits, um, I've I've been working a whole lot of six meters. Bill's been working a lot of six meters, so I I know it's it's hopping and it's even going into the evening some too. I mean, I I look at my waterfall and it's dead, but you said you had a little. Uh, sporadic activity here yeah yeah the last activity i saw was just about two minutes ago so uh, it has kind of continued into the evening but uh slowly pittered out of course as i say that a new uh new uh (laughs) new trace comes in from uh n5ko from uh charlie bike 97 so yeah so it uh it's a strange band it's up and down all times of the day yeah i saw a good strong blip come across there too but it was only for uh a couple of uh rounds so I'm not sure. Although there's another one. Well, so either this is some sort of ground wave, somebody, you know, within 10 miles of me, or it's uh, picking back up. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there we go. That brings us down to the end of the topics for tonight. So thank you for listening through all of those. And before we go, we have to let you know who the supporters of our show are and the folks who have uh, come join us on our social media platforms and so forth through our social media roundup and we will bring uh i can't remember who said it in the chat but we'll bring cheryl back in from moonbase alpha to uh read through the social media roundup 
Alrighty then. So for our Patreons, we have David Potter, which is new. Thank you very much. Jim Lawson, Patrick Ang, Douglas Shock, Eric Guth, Brandon Rosak, John Spriggs, Robert Lewis, Robert Pitts, Douglas Redder, David Jagway, Darren King, Cubicle Nate, Erna Costales, Samuel Vimes, Peter Caffrey, Richard Gordon, Paul Griffith, Jonas Rulo, Donald Gover, Herb Garcia, Steve Sainer, Steve Metcalf, William Heckelman, Randolph Smith, and Andy Webster. For our subscriptions, we have Paul Mooney, which is also new. Thank you very much. Chris DeLuca, Andy Cowley, Eric Muller, Carl Backus, Isaac Gear, Thomas Foy, Michael Burdat, Kevin Ivey, Tony Coberly, Ronald Ike, Johnny Kinsey, Peter Spots, Fred Cole, Bill Pieter, Jeffrey Boris, Robert Halliday, Wayne Hale, John Clark, Steve Hepler, Michael Jopling, Roger Pereira, Howard Dittmer, Todd Bowers, Michael Carey, A. Taylor, Dylan Angle, Jim McKenzie, Bill Collins, Robert Black, Darren King, Randolph Smith, Robert Yerke, Steve Biella, Alan Wilson, Mark Farrell, and Jeff Zimmerman. For Facebook, Russ Hules uh, joined us. For Twitter, we have a at emcomprep, at va3smu, at Lincoln Mikes, at Brain Code, at Rat in the Tub, and at E Lavrova24. For YouTube, Ambrish Upadaye. I'm guessing that's kind of right. Uh, for Discord, we have Retro PIA, AKI, Symbola, and Ripper MD. All right, very good. Yep, we didn't have any mailing lists, no merch sales. So. Because everything's still broke, right? Still, still broken. I am, I am trying to work on it. I just, you know, it's, it's tough to get stuff done these days. Uh, but anyway, that brings us down to the end of the social media roundup. And that means we're at the very bottom of the etherpad, which means we're at the very bottom of the show. But before we go and wrap this one up, we want to mention the folks who are with us in the chat room tonight. We had several with us tonight. Oh, and it was Don, by the way, uh, KC9ZMY is in the chat who mentioned Moonbase Alpha. So, so we have him. We also have Darren VK6EK from Down Under. We have Ted WA0EIR. We have Tony K4XSS. We have The Menace, who actually has a name and a call sign, but, um, I don't remember what either one of the, well, I, I know what the name is, but not the call sign. So we'll get that for the next one. And we had John K1BTZ. So thanks everybody for tuning in to us live and for joining us in the chat tonight. Uh, we enjoyed having you and we uh, also enjoy all of you who support or download and listen to the program. We appreciate you and uh, we wouldn't do this if it weren't for all of you. So thanks once again. And with that, we will go ahead and wrap up this short topics episode of Linux in the Ham Shack number 420. Smoke them if you got them. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. 
You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. <laughs>